This week on Hometown Ghost Stories. A number of peculiar sightings reported at West Point Military Academy generated quite a bit of interest in the early 1970s. Join us as we dive into the events of the West Point haunting. This is episode number four of Hometown Ghost Stories. The haunting of room 4714. West Point Military Academy, New York. 1972. It was a cool October night when Cadet Jim O'Connor climbed out of his bed in bunk room 4714 of the West Point Military Academy. He didn't particularly like walking the creepy halls of this old building at night, but nature was calling, so he pushed his irrational fear aside and headed out. The tile floor was cold under his bare feet as he made his way down the hall toward the latrine. As he got closer, he felt the temperature in the room drop to the point where he could see his breath. He briefly considered doubling back to the room and jumping back into his bed, but that seemed silly. He was a cadet in the military academy, after all. He pushed the door open and hastily headed to the toilet. After finishing his business, he reached out for the handle to flush, but before he touched it, the handle quickly moved on its own, and the toilet flushed without Jim even touching it. Shocked, he stepped back and noticed the toilet paper roll unraveling itself into a pile on the floor. The room was so cold at this point that it was hard to breathe, but all Jim cared about was getting the hell out of there. As he spun around, that's when he saw it. Sitting in a stall was a full-bodied apparition wearing an 18th century cavalry uniform. O'Connor looked down and noticed the man was holding a Civil War-era rifle and a bayonet. It stared back at him with cold, dead eyes, eyes that glowed white with no discernible color. But just as quickly as it appeared, it was gone into the cold night air. I'm Dave Wilkins, and this is Hometown Ghost Stories. United States Military Academy, known as West Point, is located along the Hudson River on the Flat Plain Plateau in upstate New York. West Point Academy was established in 1802, but the fortress dates back to the Revolutionary War and was considered the most strategic location on either side. Fortress West Point was built during the war and was never captured by the British, despite Benedict Arnold's treasonous attempt to betray his post for £20,000. After the war, several soldiers and legislators, including Washington, Knox, Hamilton, and John Adams, wanting to eliminate America's wartime reliance on foreign engineers and artillerists, urged the creation of an institution devoted to the arts and sciences of warfare. President Jefferson signed legislation establishing the U.S. Military Academy in 1802, and its graduates include such famous leaders as Stonewall Jackson, Robert E. Lee, and Dwight D. Eisenhower. In 1972, a rash of unusual sightings stirred a great deal of interest into West Point's haunted history. The sightings were considered so credible that a demonologist, a clairvoyant, and a psychic were all brought in, and the barracks room remains empty to this day. It started when Jim O'Connor, who was a freshman at the time, had his first encounter with something during a late-night trip to the latrine. O'Connor recalls a series of events from the toilet paper unrolling itself, water turning on and off, to actually seeing a full-bodied apparition within a matter of minutes. 
The ghost was described as a middle-aged soldier donning an antique uniform from the 1830s, a musket, shako hat, and handlebar mustache. The ghost became known as the Pusher because of his ice-cold presence forced other victims to lay immobile until the pressure of his hazy, glowing physique disappeared. Being a first year at the time all this happened, O'Connor wasn't looking to bring any unwanted attention to himself and his roommate Victor, who by now had experienced some sightings of his own. He didn't need to wait long for others to back up his story, with at least five additional reports of this entity over just the next few days. Another cadet, John Feely, woke up one morning with a crushing feeling as though someone was sitting on his chest. When he looked, that's when he too saw the white-eyed entity right on top of him. He even tried more than once to sit up, but was unable to until it had disappeared. By this time, word had gotten out, and it was well known to everyone that something was happening in the 47th Division barracks. According to articles and O'Connor himself, there was even an attempt to exercise the room. An 18-year-old cadet of G Company, 3rd Battalion, 4th Regiment, was awakened in the middle of the night on October 21st and observed what he thought was a figure coming through the door of his room. He woke his roommate, but by then the apparition had disappeared. The next night, both cadets saw the apparition and reported it to their company commander, who spent the subsequent night in the room with them in an attempt to confirm the sightings. He observed nothing but admits to being a non-believer. So the captain brought in a first-classman from the battalion staff to spend the night with the cadets. All three saw a figure partially extended out of the wall. It was the figure of the cavalryman, they said later. The upperclassman reported that he had placed his hand on the wall where the figure had been and the wall was extremely cold. Another upperclassman then spent the night in the room with the cadets and also saw an apparition. A face and shoulder which appeared to come out of the wall locker. Sightings by higher ranking staff officers ended when a first classman from the cadet regimental staff decided to spend the night in the room but was frightened off. There was an unexplained phenomenon here, said Colonel Patrick Dion, the academy's information officer. He was a self-proclaimed non-believer but admitted, something has happened and we've not been able to explain what it is. After hearing the rumors, Gene Dixon, the psychic who became known nationwide for predicting the assassination of JFK, visited West Point in order to spiritually cleanse room 4714. Dixon's visit was cut short when, according to eyewitness accounts, she was unexplainably lifted off the floor and thrown from the room. She never visited the academy again. After this, room 4714 was no longer used as a barracks room and was converted into a study area. The problem went from interesting and curious to problematic when items started going missing and then turning up again in random places. It wasn't so much an issue when a cadet's pillow would end up in the latrine, but more so when officials from other institutions or agencies would visit and find items missing. The former superintendent of the Coast Guard Academy and his wife stayed at the house as guests, and they woke up early in the morning to find a wallet that belonged to another occupant in the home carefully placed between them in bed. Realizing this could potentially be a bad look, the brass officially decided something had to be done. There is no institution more highly regarded than West Point in New York State. West Point has a history unmatched by any such institution in the world. The Point has a well-deserved reputation for producing men and women whose training has taught them to become hard-headed realists, not given to flights of fancy. So you can imagine what it was like for Lorraine and me to be told by some of these hard-headed realists that ghosts were haunting certain areas of the Point. Ed Warren, Demonologist. Lorraine Warren smiled to herself when she saw the car sent by West Point to pick her up. Dark, sleek, formidable, it seemed out of place pulling up outside the Warrens' modest home in Connecticut. A tall, ramrod straight driver in an army uniform emerged from the limousine and held the door for her and her husband, Ed. They were off to West Point Academy, room 4714. They were called there by Superintendent Lieutenant General William A. Knowlton to perform a psychic investigation and a seance at the house. The superintendent noted detailed accounts of Warren's psychic impressions that she had picked up during her investigation. They included descriptions of the spirits and energy present in each room. 
He wrote them down in a memorandum to the librarian requesting them to research West Point archives and find evidence that supports her claims. Warren described a woman who could be a ghost named Molly, an Irish cook who served Sylvanus Thayer. She is known to rumple bed linens and knock wine bottles to the floor in the kitchen. She is not old, very domineering, athletically inclined, and really not quite a lady. I get a feeling of no man. If she had a husband, he was dominated while at home, Warren said. Others who've worked in these quarters have said, although mischievous, Molly does not mean harm and is more playful than hurtful in nature. Another ghost that struck Warren with a strong psychic impression was an African-American man named Greer. She shared that Greer is the one responsible for moving objects throughout the home. Warren described Greer as tall and slender in a gray uniform, that he was an orderly to a superintendent and communicated that he carries a deep burden of guilt and sadness for committing murder. The superintendent thanked the Warrens for their time, but added that there was no African-American cadets at West Point during that particular time period, but asked the librarian to look into it anyways. In the librarian's response to the superintendent's request for verifiable information, archivists were able to find documented evidence of several African-American men who came through West Point with Greer's name. One of the descriptions that potentially best fits that of the ghost Warren encountered was Lawrence Greer, a Buffalo soldier who turned out to be a criminal. General prisoner Lawrence Greer was definitely black, formerly a private in Troop C, 9th Cavalry. He escaped from confinement at Fort Leavenworth in June of 1931 and was apprehended the following April near Albany, New York. He was brought to West Point and court-martialed for his escape and subsequent desertion. Found guilty, he was sentenced to two and a half years of hard labor. However, the sentence was disapproved by command of Major General Connor because the prisoner was judged insane at the time of his trial. We have no record of what happened to Private Greer after these events. This confirmed Lorraine Warren's encounter and the West Point haunting went on the records as the only legitimate ghost story confirmed by the United States government. All right, what's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome into episode number four of Hometown Ghost Stories. I'm Jesse Wilkins, joined by Rob Coakley. Dave Wilkins, what's going on, gentlemen? That was um, an interesting episode to listen to because I was not in on the research for this one. And although I've heard a little bit about West Point, I've never heard the entire story. I had no idea the Warrens were involved in this. So this is a super cool story. Yeah, I thought it was was pretty cool. I thought it was a fun one that they, um, you know, the... They originally kind of denied it and dismissed it. They were like, no, no, there were no, you know, African-Americans here at that time period. So it's not possible. Basically calling Lorraine Warren a quack. And, um, mm-hmm. and then the, um, the library archivists went in and actually they're like, actually, it's this guy here and then everything else fits. And, uh, it was a, it was, it was definitely a cool story. There was definitely a lot of them. I, that, that was a whole element that I didn't know either. Obviously you came over to do the audio and the, um, the video production. So I learned about it as you were doing it, but it was cool to uh, have a case that uh, Rob and I basically knew nothing about and heard all these brand new stories from me, but um, definitely interesting. And, and the most interesting thing about it is, is you said it was what the, the only case that was verified by the government as like an actual haunted case. And there was, there were so many people that went in there and experienced see not even just like, like, Oh yeah, that room is definitely haunted. I heard noises, but like saw, a full body that apparition of, uh, of this guy. Yeah. A lot, including, um, <clears throat> lieutenants and, and captains and majors and everything. So it's, um, it is, it is pretty cool. And one of the sources actually, I, I do kind of want to include my sources here really quick, but, uh, 
Fraley was an African American at West Point. Yeah, back in the uh, the eighteen hundreds. I, I think he's dead serious. <laughs> I think he's former military. He said I was visiting, but I was there. Yeah, so. <laughs> Um, so yeah, the sources on this one were the New York Times, um, www.army.mil, which is the actual uh, Army's website, um, and then Ghost Hunters by Robert David Chase and Lorraine Warren, and uh, Sandbox.com article by Amy Dickey. But yeah, the New York Times being a source on this and the Army's actual website. Yeah, anytime you have a uh, you have former military, uh, so I'm former military and Dave, Dave, you did good on the dialogue. Thank you. <laughs> So what was it that brought you to this story? Was it one, it was a like partially in that book you just mentioned where you were already reading that book and that's how you were aware of it or. Yep. I had read the book before and um, I had heard the story referenced a couple of different times. And, you know, I listened to a lot of horror podcasts, read a lot of horror books and whatnot. Um, right. And that was a story that had popped up a couple of times that I thought was cool because it is like a, uh, it's like a complete ghost story. You know, he's got the, the, the claims and then the witness accounts and then. Right the investigation and just everything all kind of comes together. It's just like a nice, clean little story. Well, I mean, that, that's just instant verification on, I mean, some, something happened there. So, and you went through it in the story was that, that multiple people just kept going into the room, staying in the room. You had, um, you know, all these different people that saw something that happened. So it's, yeah. Once the rumors started flying around, everybody kind of wanted to be part of it and they wanted to see it. So they kept, um, yeah. Put me more, in the spooky room. Yeah. Put me in the spooky room. They kept doing it and doing it and doing it until it became a distraction. They're like, all right, we have to stop. So it's not a, they made it not a bunk room anymore and turned it into a study room. Turned into a study. And that picture that we pulled up is actually a current, well, I don't know if it was current, but that, that's an actual picture of what room 4714 turned into, which is just basically like a library. I mean, study room, whatever you saw the books on the wall and everything like that, but that's an actual picture of the room. Yeah. And, um, uh, there was another, I didn't include it in the story, but um, when Lorraine Warren was there, when she first went in, there was a, she was in one of the rooms and um, she said, I get a, she's like, I'm getting a, she was a clairvoyant. So she's like, I'm getting a feeling, JF, was JFK ever in this room? And uh, they're like, yeah, that was when he would visit here. That, that was literally the chair that he would sit in because of his, uh, you know, he had, he had back problems, I guess. And they're like, yep, that's right. <laughs> so it's kind of like, holy shit. Yeah. Absolutely. So we got a question. It says, do you guys plan on doing more locations like this one that you're speaking on? Uh, military bases or just you're talking? Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, nothing's off the table. We, we're trying to gear the show more towards like local stories. And, you know, I mean, it doesn't have to be like in this area, but more so small, small time stories that people really haven't heard about. So, um, yeah, we are going to sprinkle like, obviously everyone knows what West Point is. Um we are going to hit bigger stories, but like in general, we're looking to do like the first episode of Bridgewater, Massachusetts. We'd love to do like, you know, connected the like some small town in Alaska or anywhere in the world, really. Yeah. Um, so I saw the comment about someone asking if we were going to do that. Yeah, that's the one I was talking about. Um, are we, what are our thoughts on Ed and Lorraine Warren? Could we see some episodes centered around them? Definitely. We just stayed in the conjuring house Sunday night. So we're going to be talking when we clip that episode together, we'll definitely be hitting more on Ed and Lorraine Warren. And I'm sure at some point in the future, we'll do even more, um, cases that they were on, but yeah, like, I want to do just, the, um, I do want to investigate the, uh, the haunting in Connecticut there. Um, yeah. Uh, are you talking about the Amityville location? No, that's New York. Um, the Connecticut one was that was the the third Conjuring movie, the most recent one was the oh, okay. Haunting in Connecticut. I've got story. like I've 
twice gotten five minutes into that movie and the wife makes me shut it off. So, so the, the first, yeah, like the first 15 minutes of that movie is the only part of the actual story. <laughs> but um, I guess to answer Fraley's question, my thoughts on Ed and Lorraine Warren, I'm 50-50 on Ed and Lorraine Warren. I love their stories. I love all their books. Um, there was They're super controversial because of how... Um, a lot of a lot of their stuff has been sort of debunked. Like their 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 uh, role in the Amityville horror story was um, is heavily criticized, and um, and they are, you know, they didn't they didn't take money from people uh, when they would show up to do these investigations. But the the investigations were how they kind of became famous, and they sort of used that to become famous and make a lot of money. So there was definitely uh, incentive for them to, you know, just. I, I, yeah, I feel like it. I don't know enough about it, but from the criticism that I've seen of them was that like, you know, if they didn't find something, they'd make something up. And I feel like it's kind of the same criticism you get with a lot of these ghost hunting shows where it's like, if they're in a location and nothing is happening, how many episodes can you do like that before your show becomes unwatchable and boring? So it's like, you have shows that have admitted to faking evidence and faking things happening when they and were on the, um, oh, sorry. I, I get it. It's entertainment. I mean, sorry, I'll let you go, but I get it. It's entertainment, you know? So at some points it's like, okay, wh- what are we going to do? We're going to let our show fail. Or are we going to pretend that, you know, something went bump in the night or are we going to Photoshop in an image or, or, you know, superimpose with special effects and have some, you know, something walk by or something like that. So, um, you're absolutely right. That Zach Baggins doesn't figure anything. Zach Baggins <laughs> is, that's the guy. We love Zach Baggins. Love him. Um, but so so you wonder if with Ed and Lorraine, I mean, this is obviously before people were getting these giant, you know, paydays from from ghost hunting shows. You wonder if if they were doing kind of the same thing. And that's a lot of the criticism with them. Um, but overall, you know, I, I would say I'm 50-50 as well. I, I need to look more into it and look more into the, like the, the skeptics that have, have gone into it. But then again, the skeptics are doing the same thing too. So it's like, you know, the, you have skeptics who are writing a book on being, on debunking this stuff. It's like, okay, well, you know, are are you actually debunking this, or are you just doing it to sell more books? So it, it can go both ways. So know, when they were when they were doing the Lindley Street case, which ended up eventually being the um, story that they made the movie Poltergeist about, uh, which terrible terrible movie. Don't ever watch that if you haven't watched it. Awful. It's one of my least favorite horror movies. But um, the original post of Poltergeist movie, g- garbage. <laughs> I hated oh that, movie God, that movie. That movie Um But. Uh, when they so when they were investigating that case and the the um the little girl, um, kind of she got caught. Uh, she admitted that she made a bunch of stuff up because she liked the attention. Um, the uh one of the things that she said that she um, <laughs> what that she made up was or one of the things that she said was that when Lorraine Warren said that her hand was burned, that she said she saw Lorraine intentionally burn her own hand. Um, so there's, there's that. And then, um, you can look into some of the Amityville horror stuff that they just completely got wrong. Um, again, I love, I love all the other and Lorraine, you know, stories and they're right about a lot of stuff too. So that's why I'm like 50, 50 on them. Yeah. But you get like the, 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 you know, the feeling that they believed in what they were doing. So like, you know what I mean? Like, I know like maybe some stuff was, you know, fudged here and there, but I think in general that they believed in what they were doing and they believed that they were doing good in their investigations. You know what I mean? So to me, that matters more than, I don't think they were just legit con artists. I don't, I don't think so. They they were very, very, very religious and they took the, um, all the possession sites very seriously for that reason. Hmm. Yeah. And there's a reason that the 
the Catholic Church ordained. I don't know, ordained is the wrong word, but the, the Catholic Church had Ed Lorraine as like the only authorized person that wasn't a priest to perform exorcisms. That, if you dig deep enough, the only because the um, the Catholic Church does not um, confirm that they won't confirm it. They won't deny it, but they won't confirm it either. And he's really the only the only one who ever actually said that is him. <laughs> so interesting. Yeah. So if you're a skeptic on that, that you might think that. Um, a lot of comments to go through here. So uh, Fraley says, I feel that the East Coast specifically has a large history of paranormal activity, the Salem witch trials and things like that in the colonial days. Do you guys have any, have your eyes on any more sites? Actually, specifically Salem. I mean, we're we're huge fans of, you know, taking a yearly trip. We're close enough to go up to Salem every year. And we do that. We've done investigations at the Hawthorne Hotel before, if you want to call it an investigation. <laughs> we'll, we'll do a better one. Um, so we're definitely going to do a Salem episode in the future. And obviously since we're on the East coast, um, there's so much to do out here. So we have, I believe the Plymouth episode probably airing next week. If we don't finish up the conjuring one in time, um, we have, we're doing Plymouth Plymouth next week because next week's Thanksgiving and it just kind of, Oh, that's That's good. That kind of fits in perfectly. So yeah, we're doing, um, we're doing Plymouth next week. I'd like to get out of Massachusetts a little more, but I mean, we're in Massachusetts and we know all the, like, like we know a lot of the history around this state and local states. So you're going to see us probably lean heavily East coast, especially in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, but to your point, the East coast has so much more paranormal history. I mean, not that the West coast doesn't, but it's just, you know, the East coast has been around a lot more. we we just have so much more to pull from out here, like dating back further. So there's a hotel in New York that I'd like to hit. Um, yeah, we got a lot of stuff on the East Coast that we're going to be hitting that we're going to either just cover or at least try to go get into if we can. It's not, you know, we're not trying to go investigate every week. That's just not something we can physically do at the moment. But right. when we can go investigate someplace, we are going to go, you know. Get yeah, so we'll, we'll mix in episodes like, um, with with live and get investigations when we can, but for the most part, I mean that that's that's so much. <laughs> it's such a commitment to try and do that week. It's not what this show is going to be. It's not going to be a, a strict ghost hunting show. But when we can, we're absolutely going to do it. And we definitely got some more planned. Um, Matt says he or Spagucci. I'm sorry, Spagucci says that he's from Salem, and I, I didn't know this about you. I feel like maybe we had mentioned it before, but uh, we need to talk more about that. Like I said, we love it, and uh, we do it all the time. Um, what forts are you talking about in Rhode Island? I'm kind of curious about that. He brought up, he said that there's, if you want to bring up that comment. Yeah. Um, he said to go go to old bunkers of Rhode Island, Connecticut, that they're haunted. Like, where specifically are the bunkers? Because Rhode Island, I would, I haven't <clears throat> dug yet, but man, I would love, I really hope there's some history on Block Island in Rhode Island, because that would be a super cool setting for a ghost story. Um if you're not familiar with Block Island, I suggest looking it up. I'm not saying it's haunted or anything. I haven't, I haven't dug yet. But if it is, it'd be the perfect location for a ghost story. Definitely, I need more. Jesse, make this a docu series with Dave's voiceovers. Brooke would be top tier. Uh, that's a that's top tier idea. And then um, Dave, Dave getting drunk in haunted houses and in, in, in antagonizing poltergeists is just a whole other level of entertainment. <laughs> we'll get more into that in the future. <laughs> Um, yeah. I forget what it's called. This near Newport. I mean, a lot of those uh, those mansions in Newport are supposed to be haunted as well. Let's get back yeah. to uh, let's get back to West Point real quick because we were we got a little sidetracked here. Um, so we had we had spoke about Ed and Lorraine Warren. 
and we spoke about this ghost and the, the drawing of it is um it was cool Creepy. and when i first when i first saw that picture i thought the picture was his eyes were closed and then when i looked closely closelier at it um when we did the zoom in picture then i realized like like wait that's those aren't his closed eyes these are these giant white, white freaky eyes. eyes i'm like yeah. that is a horrifying picture actually and uh yeah. with the eyes closed it wasn't that spooky but then when like you realize that he's just staring right into your soul i was like damn that is a a freaky sketch so so that picture that we, i think we showed it like a few times on the stream that yeah. picture was the actual like um like the sketch done at that time of what they had reported that that ghost looked like yeah it was the, the wanted poster uh sketch artist drawing there <clears throat> Yeah, what what is the uh, like? Yeah, the composite sketch of like yeah, the, yeah. The, the the wanted criminal who was the the ghost who was haunting it. Man, that was freaky. That was a freaky picture. Like that a lot. So, Go ahead. is that supposed to be the uh, the Buffalo Soldier that became a criminal? Is that who they think that is? Yeah, that La- Lawrence Lawrence Greer. Was Lawrence the, uh, Greer, yeah. Um, and they so it was. He's one of the ghosts, and the other one is the woman. Correct. Yeah, she was a cook for uh, Sylvanus Thayer, who I think was in charge down there at the time. Okay. Yeah, so that, I mean, that's it's a interesting little mix of two different ghosts that you just—I I don't know, man. I just—I hadn't heard of the story, and like in complete detail, I've heard West Point was haunted, but I never really dug into it as much because I'm just like, eh, whatever. I didn't realize that it was like actually documented by the military. It's just. Such a Sorry. super cool and unique uh, spin on a ghost story. Matt, yeah. Matt asked me to pull up the uh, the picture of the ghost, and all I can pull up is your the toilet video over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> it's messing with me right now. Hang on one second. Oh, I got it right here. All right, let me uh, share my screen one sec. Uh, so if we look at the picture. All right, well, while you're pulling that up. Um, I actually think it was around the same time that Coke was in cough syrup. <laughs> that's the picture right there. <clears throat> Let's see if we can zoom in on his uh, creepy face. So when I first saw this picture, I thought these things under here were his eyes closed, and actually, it's like the full round, creepy no, looking. It's definitely the the, um, the pale white eyes with no discernible color description that everyone kept mentioning. Yeah, so he's got the old the old military outfit with the old military hat, the bayonet, and just those creepy white eyes. Just for our podcast listeners that don't have any visual representation. But if you want, you can probably pull up um, West Point Ghost Sketch in. I just pulled it up on the stream, yeah. So that's it right there. Yeah. Oh, oh, you're talking to the audio listeners. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. that's the picture. And it, 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 it scripts out the, the description. Wanted, mysterious visitor of the 47th Division of Barracks. Height, five foot six. Build is thin. Oh, five foot six. Dave. There it is. <laughs> a little taller than you. All right. Uh, apparel, old. I can't really read this. Worn. Was that field dress? <laughs> I can't really read it. Um, Face, mustache, blank eyes. Yeah, I'd say so. Super creepy. This is his Tinder profile. (laughs) 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 Oh, man. That is is actually quite a creepy image, though. Like, if you were just to wake up and that's just standing in your doorway. uh, Uh, Yeah, I'd say so. Or crawling through the wall, like one of the reports said, basically. Uh, Yeah, 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 it's coming out of the wall next to the lockers. Jesus. Sitting yeah, on people's be, chests. Very cool. So we've heard that before from other like ghost stories where it feels like someone's like sitting on your chest. And 
to to play the other side of it like as someone sleep paralysis yeah sleep paralysis you had that plenty of times where it's like you wake up and you're like half awake but you can't get yourself to wake up i've never in my life i I mean this has happened this happens about once a month but like it it never has happened to me where i'm like ah shit there's a ghost holding me down and like maybe these people are seeing something that i'm not seeing well, did you ever wake up out of a like being completely asleep, right? And then yeah. you wake up, and the first, as soon as you open your eyes, you just see weird things that are, uh, you know, it's just your light trying to, your eyes just trying to adjust to the darkness. But mm-hmm. you open your eyes and you see things. Um, you get that, and then when you when you wake up quickly out of a sleep, out of like a deep sleep, because when you when you're in a deep sleep, your body shuts down, like your muscles shut down, like you're in what's called sleep paralysis. But when you wake up, you're supposed to simultaneously consciously wake up and uh, physically wake up. But sometimes you wake up so fast that you're you're conscious before your body comes out of that you know state of paralysis. So you you just think you're para you know you're uh, paralyzed or you can't move. In reality, you just you consciously woke up faster. Yeah, for me, it's always like whenever that happens, uh, my my first instinct is like, oh shit, I need to wake. You know, I need to get myself awake. Like it's, it's never like I'm thinking like something like that happens. Uh, Dorico says it used to happen to me a lot. Usually, I would never see anything though. Just felt it like I can't move anything. The one time, the one time it did. The one time I saw something that I thought was a ghost. Um, and Rob, this is we were living together. This is when we were in Marshfield. So I want to see if you tell this entire story. Because I don't know if you remember this entire, the way this is, the entire next day went, but continue. I can already say no, I don't think I do. So okay. my, my whole story is um, I wake up and I wake up with like an eerie feeling and I look over and I thought my girlfriend, who's now my wife at the time, had come in to visit me. And because there was a woman standing right next to me, I couldn't see any facial anything it was just a black figure like a shadow just standing right next to the bed not at the foot of the bed but like directly next to me like looking over me like she's about to wake me up and i just look up and i go holy fucking shit and i just turned like like i i i lost it and then like i look back and she's gone and i was like oh, what was that and i just turned on cartoons <laughs> it went about my day i mean that like but like that i've never had anything i've never seen anything like that before um, so, the the complete story on this, and I knew you wouldn't. Really... Perhaps I worded that wrong, Dorico. <laughs> girlfriend who was now my wife at the time. <laughs> uh, so the complete story on this is: this was a, a condo that we yeah. lived in in Marshfield. Um, that we never had any experiences except for this one night. And what happened was Jesse just told his story. The next day, Jesse gets in the car. I don't remember where we were going, but we were going somewhere. And we we drove silent for like 15 minutes, right? And we were both just kind of sitting there really awkwardly quiet, just not something we would normally, you know, start a, a driveway. We talk about something. And then at basically the same time, we both said to each other, I got something to tell you, like, about last night. So... Jesse told me his story and I said, well, dude, that's really weird because I, this now. Yep. I, I woke up in the middle of the night that night. I felt like I got pushed over on my bed and I was like, what the, like, that was weird. And then I literally, like I had my back towards the door towards the other side of the bed. I was facing the wall 
and I legitimately felt somebody sit down on my bed. And I just sat there like I, I remember what? the story exactly. Yep. And nothing happened before that night. Nothing happened after that night in that place. But we both had something happen the same exact night. It was just so like freaking weird that it was the it same. It was strange that it happened night. the same night. Yeah. In the same place. I mean it's Nick's condo. I don't think it's haunted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. it's a condo. I mean, but who knows? I mean, from the stuff that we were doing at the time, maybe something followed us home or something, but uh I can't think of Dave's door is going to creepily. It, it, you know what it is? It's it's the uh, it's the flickering lantern that's messing with you, or the the chandelier. That's what it is. Um, so Kate says this happens every time. Dave, that's your wife. Yep, I know, I know who she is, and uh, that is a hundred percent true. Actually, going going to bed after she's already asleep is one of the most stressful, scary things of my that happens to me throughout the day because she'll like she'll just like jump awake and you know it'll like. I'll jump out of my skin because I'm trying to like quietly creep into bed and all, and all of a sudden she'll just be like, Ugh! and I'm like, Ugh! I guess I'm going back downstairs then because my adrenaline's gone. <laughs> so this, this kind of ties into something that I've been like um, listening to a book about, which is the, you know, the, the story that the exorcism of Emily Rose is based off of like the real girl that this happened to. Annalise Michelle. Yes. And she had this happen. It's how it started where, she thought something was sitting on her. They didn't claim it was a ghost. They claimed it was a demon. Um, but she had this. This is how everything started for her was that she woke up and she couldn't move because something was sitting on her chest and then stuff escalated from there. Um, it turned out that she was, um, what was it? She um, she had she had some real medical conditions she going ep- on. Epi- she was epileptic. Epileptic. Yep, epileptic and um, schizophrenic. And schizo, yeah. Which were so, two, like, yeah, those are two things that they used to diagnose as possession, as well as uh, Tourette syndrome. That all, yeah. all you had any one of those things back in the day, you were <laughs> that's a terrible combo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they yeah. Uh, they starved her to death. Yeah, they starved her to death over four months. Well, I also yeah. read that she refused to eat. So it's whether they starved her to death or whether she just wouldn't eat and starved herself to death. I think. Well, it, it gets it, it's a whole it's a whole thing, but um, the Virgin Mary appeared to her in a vision. I believe this is kind of the part I'm at now, and told her basically she had to die for the sins of the church, and she was very devout and she told her parents this and she could either refuse or accept. And her parents obviously told her, you know, you shouldn't accept this. And our parents were really religious. And then supposedly she decided to accept yeah, I remember, it. And that's why yeah, she decided not yeah. to eat. But yeah, the whole point is this is, you know, a feeling that people get with, with sleep paralysis. Uh, that's a good point there. That was just up on the screen. That comment, um, people will yeah. see something and then they don't want to say what they saw because they're afraid people are going to, say you're insane you know what i mean there's that well, as well. i, I kind of yeah. think you have some of that dave what's that like i think i feel like you have that mentality i'm gonna be too. honest with you like shy of me like straight even if i just straight up see a ghost i'd be like what am i gonna say i saw a ghost if no if nobody else saw it who the fuck's gonna believe me <laughs> yeah so that that's exactly the point that that uh Spagooch yeah. just brought up so there, there there was a moment when we were at the conjuring house the other night where we were doing this exercise where we were, you know, asking, you know, Dave was in the other room 
that we were asking the ghost to touch Dave like on the elbow or shoulder or something. And it happens twice and we see Dave do this like because he can't hear us at all. We'll get into uh, it more, but but yeah. The the important detail is Dave had noise canceling static headphones on, so he couldn't hear what was going on. Yeah. So, you know, the people in the room would be like, Hey, you know, uh if you're if you're here, touch his knee, touch his elbow, touch his touch his shoulder. And it's, I guess as soon as they said that, Dave was scratching his shoulder. And when I came up, this was after, you saw the headphones on, but you were scratching your shoulder the entire time. You kept scratching your shoulder. So it kept going back to it. And that's that's something that's interesting. And then the other part that's interesting, and like I said, we'll get into this more when we actually release the episode. But if there are ghosts and if ghosts are real and if ghosts were in that house, those ghosts loved Dave. And they were <laughs> they were every like Dave would be in the room by himself doing his thing. You're going to freak my wife out. Wildly entertaining. <laughs> and then, then I'd come in and be like, all right, my turn. Let me get these ghosts going too. And they just shut up and they, nothing would happen. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that sucks. I believe Dave comes back and they start going nuts again. So they pick someone based on energy. But Dave's energy is, is the energy of a skeptic. I'm like on the fence. Well, well so, the, so the point I was making with the shoulder thing is it's touching Dave's shoulder. And um, when he finally takes the headphones off, He's like, yeah, nothing happened. We're like, well, we were telling it to touch his shoulder. He's like, yeah, well, my shoulder, my shoulder was just itchy. And he's like, it was. Uh, it was, it was an itch. <laughs> maybe that's the reason it was itchy. It could, uh, yeah, I mean, I, and I, maybe, I, maybe the reason to touch my shoulders is because my arm would just fall out of the socket. But it didn't freak me out at the time because it didn't. It didn't feel like someone touching my shoulder. It was just scratching my shoulder. Yeah, yeah, I think. It was I, just, think I mean, it was just it just it was an itch. Yeah, Spugooch brings up, he's like, Dave, Dave mentally didn't want to see it. That's why they go for it. So maybe they're trying to uh, antagonize, Poor trying, to pro- trying to prove that they were real. So, Kate brought um, up the uh, Skinwalker book, which is a good, is another, is, is pretty good reference to what we were just talking about. Because in the end of that book about Skinwalker Ranch, the author went into this, um, this, this thing about how scientists, they want to research paranormal stuff but they don't want to be the scientist that's researching paranormal activity because they end up, you know, no one takes them seriously in this, in the, uh, in the science field. So he's like, that's why you're not getting a whole lot of research on it. You're not getting a whole lot of, there's no, you know, real evidence being put forth into it because if you're a scientist that does that, everyone's going to call you the crazy guy. Yeah. Then they're going to want to, nobody wants to risk their career. That makes sense. It makes complete sense. My shoulder's not built for, built for that. <laughs> you know what? His shoulders aren't built for anything, to be honest with you. They're not built for getting soup out of the cabinet above me because (laughs) these are experiences that I've had where my arms Jesse cannot scratch his shoulder without dislocating it. Basketball with children at eye level height, dislocated shoulder. It happens. It happens. Anyways, uh, for people that don't know what I'm talking about, I I have torn rotator cuffs in both my arms. My arms just fall out of the sockets at all times. Anyways, um, anything on West Point before we uh, sign off? This has been a good one. Is there anything else about West Point that you weren't able to get into the video that, you know, like the little details that you thought for like a 10 minute video you had to admit, but you'd like to hit on? No, uh, there was the, the JFK thing that I did that I, that I left out of it that I wanted to hit on. So, but we already talked about that. Um, yeah. There was a little bit more detail about, so, so the Warren's account is a little bit more, um, I didn't want to put too much of what they said in there because a lot of it is kind of them just, you know, mm-hmm. like grandstanding kind of, you know, we did this and we did that. And, you know, they, she took credit <laughs> and that her account was, she took credit for 
Um, she told the ghost, you're, you don't have to be here anymore. You can leave, um, the, you know, the crimes you committed, you were found not guilty. And you're, she, she had to tell him that he was dead. And she's like, I told the ghost he was dead and that he could pass on to the next world. And the ghost said, okay. And then he passed on and the problem was solved. And, you know, so it was kind of, <laughs> it was kind of like, eh, that's what you say. Cause they, uh, they actually did, con- they did continue seeing sightings after this. After the Warrens left. Ooh, where is everyone's foot? I can't hear anyone. Jesse is oh, muted. I was muted, my oh. bad. So um, we have another comment. It says, do you think somewhere down the line, ghost paranormal things will be so mainstream for- that people will call us crazy for our beliefs? Kind of like how we look back on the witch trials and how people think. I don't think so. Because it, honestly, like the, the, the ghost hunting shows have become more mainstream of course like like these things are blowing up basically the what is it the travel channel that's pretty much all they do now like like that's just they or i don't know if it's discovery or the travel channel i think it's actually both of them it's their bread and butter 200 years down the line like are we gonna get because he's 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 comparing it to the witch trials which were you know two three hundred years ago are we gonna look back in 300 years and be like ah ghosts are silly i don't think so because i think ghosts are are just more in culture all over the world where like witches, you know, they, they were like a time and place thing. And yeah, we move on from certain things. The one thing we don't move on from is ghosts. Like even with horror movies, right? Like you can look at a chronological timeline of horror movies. And one of the few consistent things that stands the test of time is ghosts. You know, there are other things come and go in waves and other, you know, certain things just they yeah. don't hold up as, you know, for whether, future movies. You're right. Whether or not it's it's ghosts or not. But I mean, since the beginning of time, you know, people believe in some sort of afterlife and they, they right. tie in with each other. We talked about this last episode where religion ties in with um, the paranormal and demon, you know, demons and all that kind of stuff. Um but no, I don't think so. And I think it's also because like like the Salem witch trials, the, the reason it came and came and went so fast is they were killing people. You know, it's like right. like we're not like, ah, oh, there's a ghost. We gotta hang this family that was haunted. You know, so like like no one's you know So he's actually saying the other way around. He's saying, Do you think it'll ghosts will be so mainstream that people will look back and say, How do people not believe that? Yeah, that's the other end. Oh, I don't um, I don't think so. And it was explained actually, I think by Ed Warren. And he's like, you have people who believe it and you have people who don't believe it. And if you, you have um, the hardcore skeptics are always going to be hardcore skeptics. Even if you show them all the evidence in the world, they will dismiss it as something, uh, something else. And then you have the people that already believe in it and the people who already believe in it, believe in it. And the people who don't, don't. So the the group of people who are in the middle is very small. Yeah. And to take it back to religion, um, it's the kind of the same idea where people are going to believe it or they're not going to believe it, you know, and, and, and that's fine, but no one's looking back on, you know, a time where people didn't believe in religion, be like, all oh, those people are crazy at this point. It's like, dude, if, if you believe it, you believe it. If you don't, you don't, it is what it is. So, right. um, and then you have your, your people that are down the middle. So anyways, that, that was the West point episode. This was a fun one. Uh, I want to thank you guys for, for joining chat because it was, uh, it was kind of lit today, which is good. And, uh, I do appreciate that. So, uh, with that being said, uh, so next week, are we doing Plymouth? Is that the plan? Yeah, next week we're going to do Plymouth. Um, we should have that episode ready to go next Tuesday. And we were going to try to do the Conjuring episode for the week after. But I think, like, Jesse can speak on this a little more. But we have 
eight to 10 hours of footage that we're going to have to comb through just to like see what we want to actually put in the video. So it, it that video is going to take us a little longer. Yeah, because you, you got to think about not not just the video. So, so we were there for eight to 10 hours, but we had four different cameras rolling, audio recordings going. So really, you multiply that by five or six. So yeah. it's gonna be a lot. Well, of work. It's gonna be a lot of work. So we'll see. We'll see what we can come up with. And we do have like we we had a big team that was there, and a lot of people that have watched it. So if people find stuff that they think uh, they spotted, just send us a little timestamp on it, and we will uh, we'll do it. Uh, a couple more questions before we sign off. Uh, Fraley says, "Can you guys investigate the twelve tribes in the yellow Delhi?" Would that um, be the the big yellow building that they've been building for like thirteen years and still not finished? Where's that? Um, down on Main Street. Fairly's not from Plymouth. He's from Arizona. I don't. How does he know about the yellow? How does he know about the yellow deli? I don't know. Maybe he knows about Plymouth. Oh, maybe because we talked about Plymouth. <laughs> um, well, if you give us, if you just message us like a story you want us to cover, um, as long as it can tie to a town. Like my only parameters right now is like, can I tie it to a town? Because we don't just hit on that one story in general. West Point's a little different because of the way West Point was, but I like to hit a little bit on other things in the town and then tell a main story. So, like, if we can do it, then absolutely. I would love to do stuff from around the world. That is, like, the ultimate goal is to start getting ghost stories from people around the world. Yeah, exactly. If you guys haven't joined the Discord yet, we dropped a link right there. Um, join the Discord. So if you want to share your stories, that's a way to do it, or you can email us and... Um, We'll get some more. We're back every Tuesday with a brand new episode. So I think next week will be Plymouth the week after um, either um, either the Conjuring House findings or, or something else. So um, Yeah, we should yeah. actually probably talk about that after we end this. For sure. Anyways, uh, I want to thank you guys for tuning in. This has been a fun one. Um, and uh, we'll catch you guys next week with another live episode. Appreciate you. Give us a little... Uh, little sub on uh, YouTube here and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Let it go.